Welcome to Expera Marketing, the podcast where we innovate, create, and appreciate. Powered by Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. Here's the host of Expera Marketing, Chief Expera Marketer, Colin Carasquillo. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Experiment Marketing. I am your host, Colin Carasquillo, Chief Experiment Marketer in charge. First things first, we got a couple housekeeping items, but I feel like I could run through a brick wall. I That's the first time that I'm hearing that introduction for Experiment Marketing, which of course is powered by Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. That introduction was done by Jim McCarthy at Jim McCarthy VoiceOvers. Wow. Stand up job, Jim. I'm, I'm honestly, what a great way to start the show. Thank you very much for that. For everyone with their voiceover needs, audio needs, Jim McCarthy, jimmccarthyvoiceovers.com. You can email Jim. It's an email is jim at jimmccarthyvoiceovers.com. There you go. Phone number for Jim is 702-232-8859. Thank you very much, Jim. We appreciate it. Oh, by the way, Jim also hosts his own podcast. It is the JMVO Weekly Primer Podcast. With that said, now I introduce my co-host, account director at Silverback Advertising, Mr. Matt Wilson. Hello, Matt Wilson. Hello, Colin. How you doing? Good morning. I'm doing well. Yes. Good morning to you too, sir. Thank you as always for being on the show. I appreciate it. We have a, a great show lined up today. This episode, episode two of Experiment Marketing is called Face to Face with Facebook. And we're actually going to be talking with Bob Lanham. And Bob is the head of automotive retail at Facebook. This is a big deal for us. So I'm glad I finally got my intro. Uh, as we had mentioned, uh, Experiment Marketing is hosted by Mostly Automotive Marketing or powered by Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. And Matt, uh, let me ask you right yes. off the bat, because since we're talking about Facebook, as an account director at Silverback Advertising, I think we've seen, you know, with the pandemic starting in, in around February and then March, where it really, you know, got serious there. Did you see your dealers uh, changing the way they were spending their ad dollars, you know, maybe taking money from traditional advertising mediums and putting it more towards Facebook and social media? Yeah, I think the first thing we saw, obviously, was everybody stop everything to kind of, you know, when, when kind of the, the, the uh, lockdown shelter in place thing happened towards the middle, I think it was the middle of March. And then as we tried to get clients to spend again, um, uh, social media was a big part of that because what did we all do? Uh, you know, I was at home, uh, my wife was at home and we watched the news and we held our phones in our hands and looked at Facebook and social media. And so we told our clients, listen, everybody right now is on Facebook and watching TV because they, they're thirsty for news and there's literally nothing else for them to do. There's no school, there's no work, there's no go to your neighbor's house, there's no go here, go there. That's it. So we encourage our clients to spend money on uh, on Facebook right after the, you know, everybody stopped spending money. Panic was over. That was the first thing that we were, were recommending for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think what we also saw, you know, being on the dealer's perspective is that Facebook was and still is a very cost efficient way for individuals to get that return on their investments in terms of people interested in the market for vehicles that then their dealerships can follow up with for opportunities for sales. So that's cool. I think that was kind of the, 
what happened across the nation mm -hmm. was a lot of individuals, dealers, marketers, so on and so forth, did switch their ad dollars to social outlets, specifically Facebook. And I think the reason for that, though, is because the evolution of the platform over the years. Now, Facebook, really, I mean, you think social networks, you do think Facebook. And yes, there are others in there, Instagram and Twitter and so on and so forth. But Facebook is the main social network. I think the evolution of Facebook has been phenomenal in terms of not only what it's done for users on a, a uh, you know, regular daily basis, but for advertisers and marketers in general. So for automotive, uh, what we've seen is, you know, the creation of Facebook Marketplace. We've seen now recently uh, the ability to view inventory directly from your dealership's Facebook page. We've seen a bunch of other advancements in terms of the ad capabilities and being able to use carousel ads with actual uh, dynamic inventory inserted. I mean, it, would you agree that that's pretty phenomenal that Facebook has actually tailored, uh, you know, that for the dealer community, Matt? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think as an industry to have it be, to first of all, to be recognized as an industry that could benefit from Facebook. The industry knows how important it is to us, but um, also to have uh, Facebook, like you said, kind of tailoring, uh, you know, um, the platform and the ad experience to our industry is a huge advantage. Uh, and I think it's awesome. So at Experiment Marketing, obviously we like to innovate, create and appreciate. So we always like to look at this through a different lens. And the lens I would like to look at Facebook today is actually as a private social network. So with that stated, uh, for those of you that are watching and or listening, Facebook, it was probably a, a little over a year ago, made this big push to being a private social network. And they had this, this massive advertising push towards Facebook groups. Now, Facebook groups, uh, Matt, I don't know if you recall the, the commercial, but I think the one I recall the most was actually a, a group of uh, kazoo players, kazooians. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So it was a bunch of individuals where uh, Facebook, the commercial basically showed these like-minded individuals coming together in a group. And for me, as an experiment marketer, I see an opportunity for dealers to take advantage of these Facebook groups and utilize them for opportunities for sales. Now, I have a gentleman that works for one of our dealerships in the automotive group who has branded himself as Mopar Mike. Uh, he sells Jeep Chrysler Dodge and Ram, so Mopar. His name's Mopar Mike. He has created Mopar Mike's Moparians. Uh, and this is a group that's now close to 100 members. And he puts, you know, his blog posts and his sales messaging. And as people come into the market and through all of these different referrals and, and crowdsourcing, as we'll talk about later, he's gotten more opportunities for sales. And guess what? That's cost him, aside from his time, zero dollars. Yeah. So what we want to talk about today is Facebook as a private social network, Facebook groups, and then, you know, kind of some tips and tricks and the benefits of Facebook groups. Do you know, is there anyone uh, that, you know, currently works with Silverback that you know of that's that's utilizing Facebook groups? Um, not that I can think of. Um, no, I don't think so. No. Okay. Well, let's hope that after today's conversation, once we hear from Bob, who we'll bring on in a second, that, uh, you know, people think about new ways to leverage platforms that they're already utilizing to their benefits 
and then realizing that, hey, this is the most cost efficient way to do it because guess what? Aside from your time and potentially the person that you're paying to do the actual group creation, I mean, if it's a salesperson, that's great. They should be doing this themselves to generate their own opportunities for sales that that will change and you will get some more individuals using Facebook groups. So with that, let's all welcome Bob Lanham, head of automotive retail at Facebook. Hey, Bob, how are you? I'm fantastic, guys. How are you doing? Oh, we're great. We're great. Matt, how you doing? Yes, I'm awesome. Bob, nice to see you. I don't know if Colin got the memo for those watching on the internet that uh, it was blue golf shirt day. Colin's golf shirt is blue, but it's a little too like flashy for Bob and I. We prefer the more conservative blue. That's Sorry, right, guys. Light, light blue doesn't count. And listen, guys, before we begin, I just want to say thanks for having me on. This, this, is, this is exciting. I'm excited to be here. Now, thank you for being on. Like we said, this is a this is a big deal for us to have you on, Bob. So thank you. Uh, hopefully, we can be as good as your CBT news uh, interviews and so on and so forth. That's a shout out to you, Jim Fitzpatrick. I'm coming for you. <laughs> so, so we had mentioned we had mentioned uh, Facebook as a private social network. So one, Bob, I will, obviously, I think on behalf of the dealer community. Not only thank you for being on the show, but thank you for working with your team tirelessly to create these experiences that now dealers get to take advantage of on the Facebook platform. Um, I guess before we begin, I wanted to ask you, and uh, where was the need? I mean, obviously there's a need for it, but what drives you and what you guys do at the, the Facebook team? Yeah, thanks for asking that. You know, m- many don't realize, but you know, I started in the, in, the, in the retail space. I, I was a I was a salesperson at Toyota of Sarasota uh, in the the mid '90s, and worked my way to an F and I manager briefly, and, and and then went over on the vendor side. So, you know, I have a true passion for the the retail space and what you all go through day in and day out, and that's our mindset is to be dealer first. So everything that we build, everything that we think about always has that dealer first mindset. You know, our goal is for you all to be able to use our platform uh, and not only drive sales, but but drive profitable sales, right? Whether that's a, a new car sale, a used car sale, whether that's repair orders or, or parts and accessories. And what I really appreciated about your, you know, your introduction, both of yours introduction was the the understanding that we've moved from a, a social platform for businesses to one of the world's largest, if not the world's largest, media platforms. Businesses like dealerships buy media space from Facebook and Instagram. They don't buy social space. Social simply are functionality as it relates to, to, to businesses buying advertising with us. So, you know, kudos to you all for doing that. So know that uh, if you've ever watched Mark uh, Zuckerberg uh, at Congress or any of his of his uh, presentations, he's he's very focused on the SMB, the small business uh, world, which dealerships fall under. I think that's that's fantastic, and it's an awesome platform. I mean, like I said, to see that evolution to now a media company, I think that that's actually very needed in this automotive space as well as the SMB space, as you had mentioned. So, with that, we had talked about Facebook as a private social network. So, you know, we want to talk to you. And for example, you have created, once again, with your team, the Facebook Automotive Marketing Collective, which for all of you listening out there, as well as those that are viewing, please go check out the Facebook Automotive Marketing Collective on Facebook. You can just do a search in that nice little top function up there. Uh, You'll have to ask to join because it is a private group. 
But right now, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think there's over a thousand, maybe 2000 people at this point within the group, 2000 that are, uh, all in the automotive space or have some sort of relation to automotive, whether they're actually on the dealer side or dealer facing or vendor partners that dealers can work with to grow their businesses. So Bob, you obviously understand Facebook and, uh, you know, the private side of it. Why did you guys go ahead and create that, that, uh, Facebook automotive marketing collective? Yeah, we, we, we truly created it because we wanted, uh, the community, which is the sole purpose of groups, right, is to build a community. Um, we wanted the community, or in this case, the, the, the dealership world, to help each other out, right? We, we, while we want it to also be a source of truth for all things Facebook, uh, when you go to the group, you, you, you know that there's more posts from dealers than there are from us. Uh, so we truly wanted it to be authentic and allow the community um, the dealers to, to, to be able to help each other out, ask questions. We'll jump in when we feel like we need to, if we need to correct uh, any misinformation or, or uh, anything related to our, our product. But um, that's why we, we, we built it. We wanted the community, in this case, the dealer space, to be able to help each other out with all things Facebook and Instagram. And, and, and listen, it's not all things Facebook and Instagram. Right. Um, you know, yourself, Colin, you've posted, uh, you know, posted on, on other properties that exist out there. And that's okay. Like that, that, that's the point of it. We're not here to, to censor what's going on in the retail space. Our goal is to allow this uh, authentic group to grow and, and help each other out. And we, we have grown to over 2000 people here in, I believe it's about a month and a half, maybe, maybe, maybe just, just shy of two months. And, you know, we really haven't done much marketing or anything on it. It's just been sort of a growth and we've got manufacturer representatives on there. We've got, you know, obviously dealers uh, of all uh, areas of the dealership from dealer principals to, to marketing managers, to service managers, to, to, to sales consultants. Um, we've got the vendor world obviously wanting to hear what people say. So we're, we're excited. We're, we're, we're excited. And, and listen, we, we truly only have one um, rule or policy. Just don't sell, right? Don't, it's not a platform to, to, to sell your product or service. It's, it's truly meant to, to, to help each other out. I, you know, I think that's difficult to, uh, that's a difficult rule to get people to understand. I mean, we're all salespeople, salespeople, dealerships are salespeople, vendors are salespeople, even marketers were our salespeople, right? So I think, th is that rule hard to enforce in the beginning? People have to kind of adjust to, this is a conversation, this isn't a sales tool. Listen, man, it's been extremely hard you know, I, I know Facebook's in the news as it relates to what posts go up and what posts come down uh, in other areas, uh, and and we're in our own little little world here. And and I've got a a message chain with with the other moderators of the group, and we're like, okay, what do we do about this one? Like, what, <laughs> it's, it's good content, but ultimately it's a service, and it is extremely hard. And 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 we're we're learning as we go. Uh, we're not going to be perfect. Uh, you know, things will go up. That will definitely be salesy. Things will come down that, that, you know, have felt have been salesy. So, you know, I asked the community to be patient with us as, as we figure this out, as we go. And that's what I hope the crowdsource mentality it, it builds is this community say, Hey, this post is definitely over the top sales. Let's, let's pull yeah. it down or, or whatever that, whatever the scenarios and we'll listen, you know, we may not always agree, 
but we will 100% listen. You know, but even being, you don't have, you can be salesy without being salesy, like being on there, participating in the group, giving your opinion, um, giving feedback and listening just builds you, p- people's awareness of you, which in itself is sales. You don't have to be on there being like, use my widget and we'll give you 20%. Like that's not the way to go about it, but it's still salesy if you use it correctly without being salesy. We love stats, right? I think the industry loves stats. I think so everybody loves stats. Right? I love so, stats. Right? <laughs> so listen, if you're a vendor and, you, and you've got some, some interesting stats or research, right? And, and it lives on your site, right? Which ultimately is a soft sale, you know, post it, like, you know, teach the industry. It's still up to the, 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 the community to decide if they want to end up following up and, and, and looking right. into that product, right? Like it's still an opt-in. Um, so yeah, that's a great point, Matt. Like, uh, you know, you, we're all in sales, we're, we're all here to, to, to sell a product or service. Uh, if it's done right, I think it could be more beneficial than, than harm, harmful. So what I'd like to do is actually dissect a couple things that you had mentioned. And I think that's, you know, the goal of today was to talk about, as we have stated, the uh, idea of Facebook as this private social network, Facebook groups. Obviously, you grew the Facebook Automotive Marketing Collective, or it seems like it just grew naturally and organically to over 2,000 people. Uh, I'm in it. Matt's in it. The engagement, I know there are some awesome ideas that float around in the group. Uh, there are people that throw out a lot of stats, and that's great to see that there is such an engaged community. And one, that's the community that we want to speak to. So uh, a couple of things that you had mentioned that I want to go deeper into. So the direct communication, that's that's one thing. The ability to uh, not necessarily censor, but it is control the conversation and the communication. Because after all, these are platforms where we want people to speak, you know, how they want to speak and put their ideas out there. Um, but kind of the idea of being able to control that narrative, if you will, especially for, for a salesperson or on the dealership side. And then messaging. So I guess my, my third point, and please, uh, you know, if you can dissect this one a little more or elaborate, do you see, and, and I don't know, just because I don't have this knowledge, but in Facebook groups, uh, any sort of additional uh, conversations that might take place as a result of what's happened in, in the group? Is that something that's, that exists or? We see a lot of, you know, hey, I, I, I DM'd you or hey, okay. I sent you a message. And obviously we don't track that or, or have access right. To, right. to those messages. But um, I think that's fantastic, right? Like I, I think one of the first posts that I really appreciated, somebody had an issue with, you know, a catalog or, or something and, and somebody jumped on and said, hey, uh, I just sent you a private message. Uh, I'm here to help. I think I know I know the solve, right? Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's, again, what, it, what it's meant to do, which is to help each, other, help each other out. So we don't see what messages are occurring or private messages are occurring, but what we do see are those posts that say, hey, DM me if you're, if you're interested or, or you know, DM me. I think I might have to solve so on and so forth. Right. No, thank you. That's, that's great. And thank you for explaining that and elaborating on it a little bit. I think what, you know, we see with the Facebook Automotive Marketing Collective is then also an application for a dealership and the sales side of things. So as I previously mentioned, we have a gentleman here who really took this idea of branding himself and running with it and creating these groups where it's become this, uh, you know, referral system or, or the crowdsourcing, which you had mentioned. Now, I think another benefit of groups, once again, please, you know, confirm this for me, but when an individual posts in a group, and let's say the admin 
allows this post to happen. Uh, as long as people have notifications on or as part of the group, everyone gets the notification that that post was just made, correct? Yeah, that, and that's the difference, and that's that's a great call out between having a, a page right. and a group, which is the, the notification or the ability ability to see the notification that someone has posted in the in your group, right? Which is different than scrolling and and and, and potentially seeing an organic post from a page. So um, that's a great call. I don't know, and I probably should, so apologize. I don't know if it's a if it's a hundred percent. I know people get a lot of notifications depending on how many groups they're in or depending on how many friends and their relation. So I know it's a notification, you know, whether they see it in their list or not, uh, you know, that that's up to them. But uh, yeah, that's a great call out, Colin. No, I think that that's one of the benefits. And that's why I wanted to discuss it and bring it up, especially on the show is because, you know, for dealers, it's about cutting through the noise. And we know that, you know, we want to be in the areas where our potential buyers are. Obviously, that's where the eyeballs are, right? So I think the marketing saying is you want to be at the right place at the right time with the right message on the right device. And if there's another right that I missed, please let me know at a later date in the comment section or reach out to me on LinkedIn. But the whole idea is with the Facebook groups that you are getting that, you're, you're cutting right through the noise. And so for a dealer that has a message, that essentially will be disseminated out to these individuals that are your desired target market. They've already become part of your group. They're probably your most engaged uh, customers or potential future customers. It's relevant. They want to hear what you're putting out there. So I think, you know, as you mentioned, it's a good call out, but that I, to me, that's probably one of the most important aspects of that group is that you will get a direct alert or notification that, Hey, so-and-so is just posted in here. If this is relevant to you, that person's most likely going to convert. Now, let me ask you this, Bob, do you, do you see people in groups? Is there um, in terms of engagement metrics or conversion metrics, are there things that you can see where groups potentially convert or have higher engagement than normal pages? Is that what we're starting to, right? We, we needed, we needed some data, right? We, we needed time to, to collect, uh, you know, uh, what we call statistical significant data to be able to, to actually, uh, you know, make sense of it. And we're starting to look at what posts have the most views, what posts have the most engagement, what is the content of that post? You know, Colin, you said something that was, uh, really interesting, which is the term relevant, right? And, and I think those who get relevancy understand how to then market or start a conversation against said topic that, that, they, that they want to, to. If you opt in to join a group, which has a theme to the group or a purpose of the group, it most likely or should be relevant to you. Because again, you're opting in to, to, to join that group. So what, what I find interesting, and you said this in your introduction, you know, we, we constantly uh, focus on uh, working with dealers on, hey, what is your brand? Do you market your brand? How do you market your brand, right? You know, we've heard David Kane say experience is the new brand. So how are you marketing your, your, your experience, right? That, that's why people are buying from you over the dealership up the road that has the exact same product with the exact same sale price, right? There's a sale every day. But what, what, what we're finding, in, and maybe this is the opportunity, this is why I, I really enjoyed the, the topic of this, uh, uh, of this podcast, is, well, sales consultants, sales managers, service technicians, maybe the dealership, you know, what is your brand after the sale, 
right? Like, how do you stay engaged? Right. And I think the group idea is fantastic, especially if you make it relevant. And I'll say this and, and, and then I'll let let you guys jump in. I'll say this. A couple of years ago, you may recall uh, Facebook changing its algorithm right. um, to show less organic page posts, right, uh, against businesses than, than previous. And and many people said, oh, you did that to lessen the value of business. And that is absolutely not the reason. The number one reason was businesses were posting irrelevant content, right? Uh, 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 flower shops were posting political stuff or posting stuff that's just completely unrelated to that particular business. And the stats and the data showed that. So we had to lessen that irrelevancy to ensure that we brought up what is relevant to, to why people use Facebook and Instagram, which is that private connection to their network, right? To their friends, their family, and, and, and businesses that tend to then post relevant. If your post is relevant, as you well know, it will it will go, right? It, if it gains that engagement, it, it will go and take off. So um, looking forward to where we take, you know, this, this group conversation. Yeah, I mean, us too. I think you had mentioned, so the customer experience, which I think Matt, uh, you know, would agree, especially on the the agency side of things that it's very true. It's about selling value now and, and selling the customer experience because there are, I mean, cars are a dime a dozen. Sorry guys, you know, a Jeep is a Jeep is a Jeep. Anywhere you look at it, it really comes down to that customer experience. And you know, other dealers might say, hey, it's about price. You know, they still are on that conversation, price, 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 price. But you know, to me, I think we need to look past price and we need to say, hey, we gotta be, we got to be a little more open-minded about this. And we have to say, you know, if we do surrender that information up front, you know what people might say, Hey, they made that really easy to transact with them. They weren't uh, hiding this information. It was a transparent process, which once again, helps out with the customer experience. But anyway, I want to talk about though, in your automotive playbook, actually what you had discussed before, which is the customers for life. So there is a, a portion of Facebook's automotive playbook for those of you that have not read it, I would say, go do your homework. I think it's 80 pages of awesome information. doesn't matter how long it is because it's all awesome information. So pick a day where you're stuck inside. It's raining over here in New Jersey. So today would be a great day if you're in this area and it's rainy and you want to read something great, it's Facebook's automotive marketing playbook. But the portion of that is the customers for life. And what that basically talks about is once a transaction has occurred at your dealership, whether in sales or service, you know, so, so the, the front of the building or the back of the building, that you're maintaining those relationships. And Bob, as you had stated, what a great way to do so with a Facebook group. Now you have customers that have already transacted with you. You're inviting them to be part of this group. They're staying up to date with everything the dealership's doing. They're staying up to date with new promotions and specials that are coming out. When they come back into the market for a vehicle, we already discussed the groups are gonna cut through that noise. They're gonna give these people, in most cases, notifications so they'll be able to see. They get to uh, interact with like-minded individuals with similar interests that have already done business with the dealership. Most likely these people would have positive sentiment it just, I think, makes it, you know, to bring it all together, looking at it holistically, a really great opportunity for dealers to, to run with a group and use it for either uh, prospecting purposes, whether it's done by a salesperson or, or managed by the dealership in general, right, a marketing department or something like that, or on the flip side of it, after the transaction. And you might as well combine them for both. 
You know, when you have happy customers, that's the easiest thing that can sell another customer. Someone saying that was a great experience. Go work with X, Y, and Z. So, so I bring this up often when I'm in a room with dealers, um, delivery photos, right? The, the simple delivery photo of the family or the couple or the individual in front of the car they just bought. And when, when dealers post their delivery photos and you start reading the comments, it's that, Hey, I know the Johnsons. And then the dealership replies, great people. They just bought a 2020, you know, Jeep Wrangler, uh, Sahara. Well, you've just made a connection and a personal one between the Johnsons and the dealership and, and, and more importantly, probably the sales consultant. And, you know, the, the sale, the automotive sale becomes personal, right. right? It becomes the dealership brand, but it quickly becomes the sales consultant's brand because the reviews and the ratings and everything that go along with the experience ultimately is in the hands of a person or a sales consultant. And what I, what I love about the, 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 the uh, group idea, which we may add to the playbook here, uh, is the fact that, you know, a sales consultant and or dealership can keep that connection, right? And again, it's opt-in. I'm going to choose if I want to go see that post that is in that, in that group or not. I got the notification. If I want to go, great. If I don't, I won't. Uh, and if the sales consultant or the dealership does it right and they have relevant content, you're just maintaining, we call them touch points, right? You're just maintaining those touch points through the life cycle and ownership of, of the vehicle. And listen, you know, we know word of mouth marketing and we know what, what, what creating content that goes viral, what, 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 what it means to, to business. Um, if I'm, if I'm in a group from a dealership or a sales consultant that I just purchased and my friend says, I'm interested in buying a car. Hey, you should join this group, right? You'll get to know the sales consultant, right? You'll get to know the dealership. So uh, great, great idea. Yeah. Listen, I, I love, uh, I love the conversation. Um, and then, you know, one of the things I do want to touch upon as well is there's dealers out there, obviously that, uh, you know, are, are fixated on just spending ad dollars. Right. So let's say they're doing it efficiently and, and they're doing it smart. And Facebook is a great platform to do that. Now, for those dealers that want to spend those ad dollars, I know that Facebook recently uh, introduced sponsored posts within groups. So let me kind of uh, unpack this a little bit more. Once again, I'll refer to this gentleman, Mopar Mike. Um, what he started doing and he wasn't even aware that these sponsored posts uh, existed. And we had a conversation the other day. I said, wow, I love what you're doing. You know, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to bring you up. Um, you know, it was about partnering, especially now, all right, when, when small business needs it more than ever. Partnering with local small businesses to create some sort of promotion or special where instead of just being all sales all the time, it's about building that community and relationships with the community. So I think he was talking to a, a local coffee shop where, you know, X amount of people in his group would get a discount or whatever it was if they went in. It's kind of a, a referral, building that real community brand. And like you said, word of mouth marketing. I mean, what a really powerful thing for a salesperson or a dealership to do, leveraging Facebook groups. But now the sponsored posts is very interesting. So basically what that's allowing people to do is partner with these businesses and then actually having those posts be at the top of the page in a paid form of advertising. I mean, is that something that you could speak to, Bob? I mean, and, and maybe an application to automotive? Dude, you just outlined it, right? Which, right. Which, is, which, is, which is that community aspect. And, 
you know, I, I think we often forget, uh, and maybe the auto malls may have changed this, but, you know, dealerships used to be, and many still are, the pillars of their community, right? Many dealerships still, they contribute to their community in, in a big way, whether it's sponsoring the little, the, the local Little League team. I heard of a, a dealership uh, up in New York that, that when COVID hit, um, every Sunday they now host drive-in church, right, oh. where, where people could come in. They clear their lot out, which for anyone that's worked on a dealership is not fun, right? Like having to move all that metal somewhere else and go back and forth for, for a half a day or a day, depending on the it is hard. But they do it for the community. Right. Um, so, you know, and that's what groups, that's the sole purpose of groups is the community aspect of um, what the purpose of the group is, is, is to truly build that, that community. And, you know, I think we're still learning what sponsored posts within groups will bring. Um, I know many at first were saying, well, this is the closed group. Why are we getting sponsored messages and so on? But again, Colin, you just said it. Like, if you do it right, right, and you bring in the right sponsors within the post that, that are relevant, then, uh, you know, then it's serving the right purpose versus doing it incorrectly. You know, I'm just thinking about um, you know, when I was a, a marketing director at a dealer and dealers were first getting on to Pandora uh, advertising, Pandora would say to us, listen, here's what you want to do. Don't do it this way because this platform is not this. Don't yell at me. Don't play loud music. Don't scream at the person. This is not the radio. This is a one-on-one -on -one custom curated radio station. Talk to the person, have a conversation. You're talking to one person, not 50,000 people. And they almost had to hold our hand as a dealer body. Like, guys, don't be stupid. Here's the best way to use it. Because in the beginning of anything, we want to use it the way we want to use it, not the way it should be used. That's a fantastic point. I mean, I'll tell you, there's many are still adapting to that. Hey, the yelling on TV, I can't do <laughs> Uh, you know, I can't do uh, within uh, Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest or Snap or whatever the platform is, right? Like, I have to design what what I used to do differently, for, you know, based off of the platform. And, you know, when done correctly, I mean, we all know these platforms that I just mentioned have great, great scale, especially when you get down to the zip code level, right, with, with minimal waste based off of targeting, when done correctly with the right messaging, uh, they, they definitely see a change. And I'll, and I'll tell you this, and I, and I want to truly say this humbly, um, but Colin, you, you, in the introduction, you, you talked about the shift from traditional media platforms to, to digital and, and Facebook was and Instagram was definitely a winner of, of, of that great shift. Um, here's what I learned. I, I, I think dealers and Matt, you said this, there was this halt, right? I got to just stop everything because mm -hmm. I, Every dealer has told you there's zero playbook ever built for a pandemic, right? They have a recession playbook. They do not have a pandemic uh, playbook. And, and and funny, you know, one quote that resonated with me and is a quote that Brian Benstock at a, at a Paragon Honda said in, in, in a, in a uh, I think it was an auto news article. He's like, listen, I, I have a playbook for when sales drop 20%, when sales drop 50%, even 80%. He goes, I did never had a playbook for when sales dropped a hundred percent, right? So what, what came out of this was evaluation of expenses, right? And, and for, you know, Matt, you were in a dealership, Colin, you're currently in a dealership. 
you know, advertising and marketing tends to be a, a, a dealership's top three expense, mm-hmm. right? A top three. So that had to be evaluated. And the first way you do it is you just cut it. And by the way, for those of you who have been, been through general manager school, those are the, th- the, the top three expenses they teach you to review uh, basically every month. But definitely when times get, get challenged is payroll, advertising and marketing. And what's our third one? Our floor plan. Right, our inventory, right, our three top expenses. So, so what, what we learned through the pandemic is when dealers were forced to evaluate these expenses, then look at the return on investment of these expenses, and they started to critique their, their TV buy, their radio buy, their digital buy, their search buy, all of these buys, and started asking, you know, Matt's old role or Matt's current role at an agency is, hey, what is this line item? What is this one? Well, what's my return? They got smarter, mm-hmm. right? They, they start to understand, okay, this is probably what I should buy, what I should not buy. Maybe I should buy this, but this seems probably expensive. Maybe we should negotiate a little bit better. So uh, you guys have heard me talk, uh, you know, we need to look at media plans holistically. We need to look at everything we're buying and how they all work together. Um, but we have been a benefactor of of the shift simply because we are – you know, one of the world's largest media platforms, which means we have a lot of people. So we have prospect customers, we have Comcast Quest customers, we have current customers, and we have the tools to reach all of those different types of customers. Yeah, so I mean, you talk about just the customers in general, not only, you know, the individuals that utilize Facebook, but let's switch gears then too, because I think, you know, we've done a really great job talking about uh, Facebook as a private social network and, and Facebook groups and obviously the Facebook Automotive Marketing Collective and then what this gentleman over here at Nielsen Dodge has done with his own private group and how that can be uh, basically applied to, to sales anywhere, right? I mean, at any dealership. So let's switch gears now actually to uh, what you guys can do just as a paid advertising source. So earlier on in the podcast, we had talked about, you know, the introduction of these catalog uh, ads, the dynamic ads. And I know you've, you've partnered with uh, Ancero, right? Synchro. Um, so Synchro you've partnered with. So anyone on Synchro platforms can now have their, their inventory directly uploaded. Uh, there's a lot of vendor partners out there that currently, whether it's your chat company or inventory providers, can upload the inventory in the Facebook marketplace. Now, guys, for you listening, that's that's strictly used vehicles right now. So just keep that in mind. Um, with that, though, in terms of the targeting, you had mentioned all of these awesome demographic and, and psychographic factors, if you will. Uh, what? Let's talk about, I guess, the power of that first party data, because that actually... Uh, ties it to the Facebook groups, which is your people, right? Your customers. So dealers, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, Bob, that are dealers seeing the most success utilizing their own data and then creating, you know, these custom audiences or look like audiences after dissecting their data? CRM remarketing on our platform, most likely, and I have to use the term most likely. Allegedly. (laughs) Will be a dealership's most profitable marketing strategy. And that's against either traditional, digital, print, whatever you want to call it, because first party data by far is the best, is the best audiences you can go after because you know something about each person and you can segment what you know about each, each, each person. And I'll tell you this, we're starting to see a trend with dealers and, and mainly dealer groups right now, but it'll definitely roll down to, to, to single stores 
is dealers are hiring digital CRM managers mm -hmm. solely to focus on the first party data they have segmented out, loaded into Facebook, which we are working on ways to automate it, but loaded into Facebook and then send a specific relevant message just to that audience. And when you match it back to a sale or an RO, and I've got dealers that not only match it back to a sale or an RO, they match it back to the profit or the profitability or the gross wow. parts and labor on the RO. It's fantastic and it's, and it's automated. Um, you start to see very quickly first party data will be uh, one of the best performing audiences you, you, you target. No, that's awesome. And then let's think of the additional applications for that too. So, I mean, for dealers out there listening, not only do you get this attribution, which obviously, as Bob had mentioned, everyone is looking for now. We got smarter and that's great. You know what? As terrible as this global pandemic is, one thing that came out of it for our business operations is that we are now running leaner and meaner than ever. And we, we got smarter. We adopted all this new technology, which we needed to adopt. You know, uh, we, we cannot stay stuck in a rut or our old habits, this this made us adapt, and that's that's great that we did. And I know there's a lot of dealers out there that that kind of welcome that and you know with open arms. So attribution for one, which you had mentioned with the CRM remarketing, but now talking about the applications. I mean, let's just think of campaigns that you guys can do. And and once again, please, Bob, chime in. Chime in. Uh, off lease campaigns. You have people that leases are expiring in, in six months, three months, whatever it is. Start sending them off lease messaging, okay? Have you thought of your next vehicle? Uh, you know, decline services, all right? Let's say a person came in and they needed a oil and tire rotation, oil change and a tire rotation. They declined the tire rotation. Get that group of people together. Start serving them those servicing messages. Uh, you know, we want to buy back your vehicle. People that have bought from you X amount of years ago, hey, we'll give you X amount of dollars for your trade. I think what I challenge the dealer community and I know Bob listens, and, and like I said, go join that Facebook Automotive Marketing Collective and, and speak up in there, have a voice. But what I challenge the dealership community to do is really think outside the box and experiment because there are so many different ways that you can dissect this and slice and dice it. And not everything's going to work for everyone, but I will tell you, things will work for you. And it's about trying them, but trying them efficiently and trying them smart. So, I mean, with that, would you agree, Bob, in terms of those campaigns that dealers should try these things? Listen, they do it with direct mail. They do it with email, right, that have low open rates or, or, or low return rates or whatever. We, however, we source the success of direct mail. Um, I mean, you're going to see impressions delivered. You're going to see clicks. You can match it back to an actual sale or RO so you can you can see the ROI on it. Um, you know, if, if, if there's one takeaway, I tell us at dealers, I have dealers come up to me and say, okay, if I, if I could take one thing away from your presentation, would it be? And I always say, do CRM remarketing. It, it is very efficient. It's very low cost. I mean, uh, to give you a ballpark figure, like to target 100 people in a database, right? So you have a sold not service list of 100 people just making that up. You know, it's going to cost you 15 bucks maybe to target each individual in that database four or five times uh, 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 in, in a month, right? So it's very efficient and, and, and very effective. So that's the first thing I say, start looking at your CRM and then, uh, you know, uh, then we'll get into the, I'm sure the, the VIN specific advertising, but um, CRM remarketing is, is a must in my opinion. Well, I love it, Bob. Thank you so much. You heard it here first guys, CRM remarketing, 
Facebook as a private social network and Facebook groups, the power of the groups. At this point, Bob, I know you're a busy man. You have a lot to go do over at Facebook. I think from these conversations, the wheels are already churning and turning in, st in terms of Facebook groups and, and future applications. So for one, I'd love to invite you back on the show at some point in time. Uh, like I said, I know you're busy. Please, I love these thought-provoking and forward-thinking conversations. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, Bob Lanham, Head of Automotive Retail at Facebook. Go join the Facebook Automotive, Automotive Marketing Collective, excuse me, on, on Facebook. Uh, Bob will either let you in or deny you at the door because he's the bouncer. <laughs> so, Bob, thank you. Take care. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate you, you both. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Matt. Yes, sir. Wow. Wow, huh? That was awesome. That was a great show. And I think, you know, just what a wealth of information Bob is, first of all, and, and all of the, you know, new advancements that Facebook has done to a media company, right? And, and giving dealers the ability to basically promote their entire business from soup to nuts on the platform. So I think that's great. Uh, some takeaways for me, obviously, you know, what we wanted to talk about on the show and, and Bob kind of confirmed this, but cutting through the noise or, or for one, let's take a step back. Let's create, I challenge dealers. I always do. I like challenging dealers. Yeah, really? I want to hear their successes. You're doing uh, out home. You're doing out homework basically. <laughs> I, uh, I challenge them with Snapchat and now I'm challenging them with Facebook. Uh, what I challenge dealers to do is take this, this application of a Facebook group and whether you focus on one salesperson at the dealership who you think is, is tech savvy and, and would take this and run with it, have them create a group or create a dealership group in general and think about what we discussed today, the benefits of the group, you know, direct communication to your potential and existing customers. As we had already mentioned with the Facebook automotive marketing playbook, customers for life. That's a big thing. You can do that utilizing these groups. Okay. You can direct message people from the groups using Facebook messenger, another great tool from Facebook. Uh, and I mean, with that, you see there's just such a power. And the best thing is that it doesn't cost you any money. Now, of course, you can go down the lines of the sponsored post, which we briefly discussed, but let's just get our feet wet and let's just create groups and let's see what kind of successes we can have with those groups. As I mentioned, there's a gentleman here already who has 100 people in his group. And I, I'm actually a, a manager of the group, so I see the engagement. People are requesting to join this group. And that's great. And I think we're really just at the tip of the iceberg when it comes to Facebook groups and Facebook as a private social network. So with that, Matt, you have any takeaways? Uh, well, just talk, following up on what you were just saying, I was just thinking yeah. about what about a group for like, um, like a just, I don't know what you would call it, but like for a group of people who just purchased a vehicle and the, the, the whole topic of the group is about, uh, you know, that first service, if you have any problems with your new vehicle, bring us, bring it back. If you, if you're just got a vehicle and you're, you're having trouble with the navigation system, you know, like all that, like it's almost that path and people can come into it or get invited to it when they, after they purchase. And then once they're a customer and they don't need that message anymore, they can migrate out of the group, like maybe different groups for different parts of the customer journey for a dealership. Listen, I think that's a great idea. And, and, you know, I just thought of this when you said that is, okay, imagine how many dealers, well, dealers in general, all probably have some sort of reputation management program. Right. Okay. 
I know, for example, at our stores, we utilize a company called Podium. Podium consolidates all of the reviews, initial reviews. They'll send out a text message to an individual after a sale or a, a closed RO, and then it'll say, hey, take you know 30 seconds, click on the link to leave a review. Right. Whether they're signed in with Google, if they're signed in with their Gmail, it'll go thrown out to uh, Google. Otherwise, they can leave a recommendation on Facebook. Now, what we see from a dealer perspective, although yes, people are leaving positive reviews, I think they're more apt to really make their negative sentiment or reviews heard, right? right? And yes, those are, are few and far in between, but it is an issue for dealers because we understand the power of these, these platforms and how that review d- does, it disseminates, it's made public to a lot of people. That's a really great point just to, to you know, say or talk about to what you said is if you guys silo those individuals into one group, Sure, it could be a group of people that are going to be a little aggravated at your brand, but guess what? It's only those people that are then seeing that. So I don't know. I wouldn't say, hey, jump out and do that right away. But in terms of like a damage control group or like a first service or, hey, this wasn't working, that's an interesting way to kind of make sure that those reviews never get made public, if you will. If you filter them right to that group and that's where they have their their conversations, well, yeah, like I said, it's going to be a, a tough group to deal with, but it doesn't get out to the public. Yeah, no, exactly. You're you're almost like driving that where you want it. And that's the benefit of a group. You get to do what you want. So with that, another successful episode of Expera Marketing. That was episode two, face-to-face with Facebook obviously joined by Bob Lanham, head of automotive retail at Facebook, who hopefully we will uh, see in the future on one more of our episodes. Matt, as always, thank you for being my co-host, my partner in crime. Uh, It's a pleasure. And for everyone listening, uh, please visit us. You can actually go to Facebook. There is a new Xperia Marketing Facebook page. You'll see my ugly mug on there. Uh, Go ahead and like and follow that. We're going to post all the episodes to the Experiment Marketing page, as well as any articles or blog posts with my Experiment Marketing experiments. Uh, For Matt, go follow Mostly Automotive Marketing. You can do so on Facebook. There also is a LinkedIn page. And then, of course, if you guys just want to have a conversation with us, one, you could do it for me on the Experiment Marketing Facebook page, or for both of us, go find us on LinkedIn. Find us on LinkedIn. We want to connect. We want to hear about your ideas. We want thought leaders, forward thinkers. We know you're out there. As always, that's Experiment Marketing, the podcast where we innovate, create, and appreciate. Play us out, Matt.